Well, greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This morning, I am in so excited to share part two on turning the world upside down. We know that the world needs to hear about Jesus Christ. How will they hear if there's no preacher? And how can we go if we are not sent? We believe, we, we believe that there are hungry people out there that wants to hear truth. There are people that wants to hear the voice of God. They are, they are hungry for God. But what we need is laborers in God's vineyard that says, I want to go. I want to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to make Christ known to a generation that needs Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to speak about turning the world upside down, turning the world upside down. And we're going to see how the early church, the message of the early church, the message of the early church. Hallelujah. We're going to speak on how these people gathered, how they gathered, where they gathered, the preaching of the gospel and the importance of the gospel. We're going to look at these three things today as we're going to dig into this particular text. We're going to do some scripture reading. It's going to be quite a few verses this morning just to cover. But I believe that we'll be blessed and we'll understand why it's so important for us to cover these verses in this particular teaching today. <coughs> We're going to look at Acts chapter 13 from verse 14 to 16. The Bible says, From Perga they went on to Pisidia, Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sit and sat down. So that's what they did before really were at church gatherings. So they used to go into the synagogues and minister. The Bible says, after reading from the law and the prophets, the leaders of the synagogue sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. I didn't, I don't think at this point the synagogue leaders realized what they did. But we know as we spoke in the early in part one, we spoke about how if we obey the call of God, how God will bring opportunities, organize opportunities and open up doors for us when God has sent us out. We do not have to go and open these doors. We don't have to look for these doors. God opens these doors. You know, that is one thing that I've learned in ministry is this, you know, that rather allow God's promotion than self-promotion. And that's very key and very important. So God promotes and when God opens up doors, God will give you opportunities to speak. God will give you opportunities to minister the word of God. As I'm sharing this message, I've just received a great open door on one of the tele local television um, stations in our city. And I'm so excited that God has opened up this door for me to minister on television. So I'm looking forward to this very exciting door. Praise be to the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we look at this, the Bible says, verse 16, Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand, which was what they used to do when they spoke. Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. I'm reading from the NIV version. And so we understand that he said, you Gentiles. And one of the translations says, you God-fearing people. So they were Jews and they were Gentiles. The Gentiles is those who had not, were tired of idolatry and worshiping foreign gods and so forth. And so they now started, they became proselytes, which means they converted to Jew Judaism. Amen. And so they became part of Judaism. And so they were part of the people that attended the synagogue. Let's go further to verse 29 to verse 29 hallelujah from verse 26 to verses 39 sorry 26 to 39 so when we look at this word we see here fellow children of abraham you god-fearing gentiles it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent 
The people of Jerusalem and the rulers did not recognize Jesus, yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. So these guys were reading the word of God, but they were not enlightened. Now, in one of our teachings, we spoke about Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a teacher of the law, but he was not enlightened. We find that this is what they did. They read this week in and week out, but yet they lacked revelation knowledge. How is it possible that we can read the Bible daily and yet not experience the 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 the, the, the word of God and experience the revelation and experience the insight that God has and has made available through these wonderful holy scriptures? And though they found no proper ground for death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him, about 40 days from Galilee. The Bible says more than 400 saw, more than 500 saw him, more than 500. You know, we can sometimes falsify the, the witness of one person or declare false or so forth, you know, but um, when you are seen, when you are seen by more than 500 people, there's something that needs to be then checked to make sure that not to make sure but to know that this is a fact this is something that is truth it's not something that has been made up like it is written in the gospel of matthew that said you know they, they came up with the story that they stole his body it's impossible it's impossible i mean all that thomas even felt that he even put his hands into or his hands into the holes of christ and they felt christ and christ ate they sat with him they had conversation and so they saw him they saw him hallelujah and so we read further the bible says in verse 31 in verse 31 and for many days he was seen by those who have we had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. I want to be a witness. Let's be a witness for Jesus. We tell you the good news, what God promises our ancestors. He has fulfilled for us their children by raising up Jesus as it is written in the second psalm. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God raised him from the dead so that he will never be subject to decay as God has said. I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is also stated elsewhere, you will not lay your holy one to see decay. This is, we know, in the book of Psalms. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his generation, he fell asleep and he was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. So it's impossible that what, what the Bible was speaking about here was David because David decayed, but Christ did not decay. God raised him from the dead. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. If there was no re resurrection, there would be no Christianity. That's what we need to understand. And therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you hallelujah so as we begin we're going to look at this three-point message today and i pray that god will touch your heart as we're going to turn the world upside down for jesus in the first message we receive the charge to the church the second message we understand the message they preach and i pray that we as the church will come back to the message which the early church preached hallelujah we need to preach the gospel the bible says how will they hear if nobody is preaching 
we need to preach the gospel there are people hungry looking for answers and sometimes all the things that we have turned the message into is not helping people but the simplicity of christ is what will set people free the simplicity of the gospel will liberate and set people free in jesus mighty and majestic name hallelujah so as we continue our study this morning we remind ourselves about our key scripture and our key our, our key scripture is the scripture that we find in the book of that we find in the book of um in the book of acts chapter 17 and when we look at the book of acts chapter 17 very very powerful scripture hallelujah these that have turned the world upside down are come other also now we are believing god to plant churches wherever we can in this world and we believe that that's going to be the reputation of the church in these last days as god is setting the church on fire as god is raising up a generation of power as god is raising up a people that are hungry and that are zealous for him hallelujah we believe that the message of the gospel will spread like wildfire in these days and it will be truth and we're going to see this and i pray there's another message that i have preached on do we desire revival and i would like you to tune in to listen to that hallelujah do we desire revival and i believe that god will touch you through that message hallelujah there's, there has to be a desire a real desire for revival and when we look back at this particular message now, we understand that Paul and Barnabas and the others who traveled with him literally were turning the world upside down for Christ. They turned the world upside down. All who heard their words may not have agreed with their messages, but there was no doubt that the cities and towns they encountered and went through, they impacted immensely because people heard about their influence. They influenced their communities. They influenced their cities. I prophesy and declare the church in this last day we're going to impact our communities, our cities for Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to see Christ Jesus, the King Ministries, go from community to community and from city to city. And we're going to see the world being turned upside down for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We need to see this. We're going to see this. We're going to see how God is going to do this through the end time church, the powerful church, the glorious church in our day and in our hour, in our hour. Hallelujah. If we want to have any hope of doing this, we need to look to the scriptures for direction. And that's what we're doing over this next six-part series. When you're speaking about turning the world upside down, there are key principles that we're going to understand through the word of God. And we're going to do what the word of God instructs us to do. And we're going to do church like the Bible wants us to do church. Not like some modern person has come in to change everything. We're not going to run church like a business. It is a place where people are going to get healed. It's a place where people are going to be delivered. It's where people I can experience Jesus. That is our desire. That is our that is our main goal as the church of Christ in this last days. Hallelujah. Therefore, we must seek to implement these particular principles, hallelujah, of ministry that Paul and others did so that we could have the same impact. In our first study, we considered how the church was sent out, the charge that the church received. Today, we're going to look at how the church communicated, how the early church communicated, how they shared the gospel message. Would you agree that we have a message worth sharing? Jesus Christ being born, died, resurrected, ascended at the right hand of the Father. Do we have a message that can transform people's lives? Paul felt so strong about this message that Paul even said, you know, I'm not the shame of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Somebody get ready for this day. I believe that the power of God is present in this place. It's going to liberate. It's going to break chains. It's going to break shackles. 
somebody get ready for a mighty outpouring of God. Hallelujah. Therefore, we need to understand if we want to effectively communicate the message to the world, we must have a proper understanding of what we need or what we desire to share with the world. The message of Jesus Christ has power to turn the world upside down if we preach it the way we received it. Therefore, the Bible always encourages us to preach it the way we receive it. There are so many great men and women of God that has preached the gospel in such simplicity. And so much great things has happened around the world. So much great things has happened. People has experienced the power of God, liberty, freedom. There's been chains broken. Many millions has come to the Lord through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that the gospel has not lost its power. But I believe the presentation is no more the same. Therefore, there's no power in the church. Therefore, there's no power in the church let's get back to preaching jesus in the way that the early church preached jesus because they impacted their world they impacted their world the early church preached to the entire world in their time in that time they preached basically the gospel to that to the whole world of their time they reached people they reached places they went forth they proclaimed the message of jesus christ and i i believe that we are living in a time where where god is raising up people to go forth god is raising up men and women of god i love what i see when i watch the 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 sea fan church how they hit 10 cities at a time and i believe god is raising up more people that's going to hit 10 to 20 cities 30 cities at a time we're going to see the decapolis movement become greater and greater and greater as people are going to hit churches, hit places, hit cities together simultaneously. It's going to be powerful. Glory be to God. And so our first thing that we're going to look today is at how the early church shared this powerful message. Hallelujah. The first thing we look at is how these people gathered. Verse 14 to 16. Hallelujah. In these verses, we there's a significant thing that is revealed unto us. And we understand that we see here how Paul's arrival to Antioch, how it came about. Hallelujah. Therefore, if we effectively communicate the gospel message, we need to understand its significance. Its significance. The first thing that they used to do, they always went to the synagogue. The Bible says in verse 14, But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia, not Antioch, Syria, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. There's, usually, there's really nothing unusual or, or different about the fact that Paul was speaking within the synagogue. This would seem to be the natural place in which the word of God was shared with others. Therefore, we worship the Lord on a Sunday and a Wednesday whenever we have church and the word of God is shared to people. They stay, you know, there is something special when people come together. Therefore, the Bible says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints. Therefore, we need to come consistently together in the house of the Lord. It's important that we gather together in the house of the Lord. There was, there has always been many Jews within the synagogues, but there was also a great amount of Gentiles, as I said earlier, people that converted to Judaism. Hallelujah. They wanted to serve the Lord. They were tired of their pagan practices and they were now seeking a more sanctified religion and then many turned to Judaism. Hallelujah. Therefore, we need to understand the significance is that Paul sought people where they were. Paul sought people where they were. He always sought those who are hungry for truth and seeking. And I believe that this should be the desire of the church. And we should take this example of Paul. We should go where people are hungry, where people are seeking the truth of God. And we should preach the message of God to those 
truth seekers hallelujah we need to find and share truth with people there's a real desire for truth people are tired of fables people are tired of things that has not been working lies and deception therefore we have the truth we carry the message of the gospel of jesus christ hallelujah the next thing we find out that they met in the synagogue and they shared the scriptures verse 15 and after the reading of the law and the prophets the rulers of the synagogues sent unto them saying ye man and brethren if you have any word of exhortation for the people say on now in the normal services at the synagogue emphasis was always placed upon the reading of scriptures they spend a lot of time reading the word of god publicly that too may seem as an insignificant detail but it's very important hallelujah we need to read the word of god in the house of god today the word of god is neglected today the word of god is not treated as holy we need to read again the word of god as they read the word of god hallelujah we need to understand that and sometimes we take the scriptures for granted and that's something that should instill fear in our hearts we cannot underestimate the importance of god's word it must always have a place a prominent place in our worship services as well as in our witnesses we cannot take ourselves one of the greatest secrets i've learned in the missionary field was that i'm not taking myself to the people I'm taking Jesus, I'm taking the word of God and I have seen great results since this revelation has been opened unto me. I've seen great results, hallelujah. And therefore we need to understand that within the Bible that the gospels is recorded, the word reveals God to man and our need for salvation through his son. Hallelujah. We understand that the word reveals God to man and we need to understand our salvation. We need to understand that we cannot enter. We cannot. There's no other way to come to, to God but through Jesus Christ. And this is why it's important to preach the message today. Because today we're experiencing many people have a lot of messages and many people have a lot of things that they think or ways that they think to get to the Lord. But we know there's only one way and that is through Jesus Christ that is through jesus christ therefore we need to speak the word of god we must not come into the church with many other things but the bible the gospel of jesus christ we need to share the word of god our witnesses our witness will be void of god's power if we do not share the word of god to those who need to hear the word of god therefore i'm encouraging you today preach the word of god share the word of god there's nothing else we can preach to people there's nothing else we can share with people but the word of god hallelujah then paul started the sermon hallelujah the bible says then paul stood up and beckoning with his hand said men of israel and you that fear god give give audience hallelujah this was not uncommon in that day Typically, once the scriptures were read an opportunity was given for exhortation to the people often this was reserved for visitors you know that were found worthy to speak and paul was given many opportunities to address the attendance of the synagogue under the order of service so he seized every opportunity to expound the word of god pointing to people pointing people through christ and we find the previous scriptures before our what we have read before um verse 26 we find that how he breaks it down right from the beginning and opens up this um expounding to them that this christ is the christ that has been promised right from the beginning but they could not see this hallelujah they could not see 
this. And therefore, as I say, the scriptures are important for our witness. And we also need to be reminded of the need that we need to share, hallelujah, the word of God with those who need to hear. Therefore, we must not simply know the Bible. It's not enough. We must speak the word of God. We must share the word of God. We must preach to people. We need to be willing to share what we have learned with those who need to hear. Paul and the apostles turned the world upside down because they shared the truth of God's word. All have not been called to preach, but we have all been called to share the word of God. If we want to impact our world for Jesus, we too must be willing and able to share the word of God. Come on. I want to encourage you. Share the word of God. Preach the word of God. You might not be a preacher, but share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Number two. They preached the gospel. We find this in Acts 26 to 37. Hallelujah. As we look at how they preached the gospel, how they were preaching the gospel. So Paul, first of all, as I said earlier, Paul was sharing the history and God's providence of how God brought about, or how God brought the Messiah. Evangelism is when the gospel, which is good news, is preached or presented to all the people. And we need to preach. We need to go into the highways and the byways and let people know about Christ. Hallelujah. And we need to understand that we need to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see how Paul did this. And we're going to find this great example of how Paul shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. The first thing that Paul did, he made an appeal to people. And he did this in verse 26 when he said, Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. Paul is appealing to the children of Abraham to look at to Jesus, but his message was not only reserved for them because Jesus came to die for the whole world. So he's also appealing to those who fear God and those were the Gentiles because we understand that the message of the gospel is a universal message for every person that needs to hear Jesus, not only a selected bunch of people. Therefore, we must not grow into that. When we preach the gospel to a selective bunch of people, we need to share the gospel with every single person. For God so loved the world. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We need to know that Jesus, the Bible says, the will of God is that every man should be saved and this should be our heart's desire. We should not eliminate anybody. Everybody should get a chance to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We must share the gospel with all nations. With all nations. Every man needs a savior. Everybody was born into sin. Hallelujah. There's no one that's righteous. The Bible says no one is righteous. Not even one. Hallelujah. And we need Jesus because Jesus is the only way we can be saved. And therefore, we need to make Jesus known unto a dying world. All will not ever or always receive our witness of Jesus Christ. But let's ensure that rejection does not cause us to become lethargic. Let's ensure that rejection does not cause us to be deterred. Let's not allow rejection to stop us from preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to go forth. The world is in need of Jesus. Look around you. Look around you at your city. Look around you right now, wherever you find yourself, in your community, in your street. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Then Paul made an admission and listen to this in verse 27 and verse 28. For, the, for they that dwell in Jerusalem and the rulers because they knew him not, nor yet their voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet they desired that Pilate should, that he should be slain. And we should understand this today, hallelujah. We should keep in mind that Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees and he too had been sent and been part of the sect that destroyed the early church and denied Jesus Christ. He had persecuted the church and sought to stamp out Christianity completely. He was well aware that many were opposed to the message of the gospel. And you know that some would not believe that Jesus was the Christ, the Savior of humanity. He realized that all would not receive the gospel and he was so blinded to it for, before. And we must understand not everybody's going to receive us. Not everybody's going to accept us. But that shouldn't make us stop preaching this wonderful message of Jesus Christ. I remember a couple in my days at school when i was in grade um grade 10 grade 11 i remember this couple used to come every monday they used to sing at our assembly they used to worship god and they used to preach at this assembly and i believe those were times of the seed being sown and then it was watered and one day the increase came and god turned my life around therefore we should not cease we should not become weary church we should become preachers of the gospel of jesus christ therefore we need to preach hallelujah we need to reach others for christ as we know people as many times said to me you know i don't have time for this jesus i don't have time for this gospel i don't have time for this message but that did not deter me i remember one incident in my city back home in johannesburg where i grew up I went into this place and we used to do evangelism and I walked into this one place and there was a lot of drug um, drug addicts and dealers possibly in this specific place where I walked into and I remember they put me out of that yard and they said to me you will not come here to pray and they were they were they, they were using a lot of foul language and they were cursing me and and saying a lot of things but that day some boldness just rose up within me and I, I, I looked at these people and I said to them, I will not leave here until you allow me to preach Jesus. And they were swearing me and they didn't want me to leave. But that day I didn't allow rejection to overcome me. I stood my ground. I stood that day and I said to them, I remember my wife was still pregnant and I said to her, you know, babe, go down the road, just go and stand in the, sit in the car. If you see me running, just I get the car started so that when I jump in, we're going to ride away. <laughs> you know, that is how that situation looked. It looked like a very, very terrible situation. It looked like I'm not going to survive that moment. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit just did not want me to leave that place. And I remember praying for somebody who had his leg, his leg shattered in a cast. And God miraculously healed that guy on that day. And today, the rest is history. Those people of that place, those drug addicts, many were set free. Many are now serving the Lord. Hallelujah. I didn't allow rejection to deter me or to stop me. I went in there and ministered and God did a great thing. We used to do that to the, in all the drug dens in our city. We used to go around from drug den to drug den. And when the guys were busy with the drugs, they didn't want interference. But I would not leave. I would stand there, sit there and minister to God. And today the rest is history. Many people are transformed. Many people have encountered Jesus Christ. And there's been such a great 
great, you know, people are saved. And there's a gratefulness that God did not allow me to give up. And I don't want you to give up. I want you to become a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We need to preach Jesus. Remember, we need to preach Jesus. Jesus was not even, Jesus was not even honored. There were times that people didn't accept him. I mean, many a times they did not accept him. They rejected him to the point where they killed him. And therefore, we need to become resilient. If God has given you a place to minister, be resilient. Minister where God has placed you. Great things are about to happen in your ministry. Great things are about to happen to your life. Do not give up. Do not give up. Hallelujah. Preach Jesus Christ. We must remember that, that they are not rejecting us. They are rejecting Jesus Christ. We cannot expect all to accept Christ. We cannot allow the rejection to consume our thoughts and our energy. We should become more, more resilient and go forth and believe God for great things. We should just trust God that God is going to do an amazing work and God is going to do amazing things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Is somebody ready to be a soul winner, undeterred, unmoved? Get ready to become a soul winner. You may have been rejected many times, but the next one you share with, they might be willing to receive Jesus. Therefore, do not stop. Hallelujah. In the next few verses, in verse 28 to, to, to 37, we find here an affirmation, you know. And in these verses, we find that it confirms how the gospel confirms and shares the how Paul, how Paul shared the gospel to those who were present in the synagogue. And we're going to look at these essential elements that makes up the gospel. Number one, Jesus was crucified. Paul clearly affirms that the crucifixion of Jesus, he was well aware that the crucifixion was important to salvation. Sin caused separation from God. And if sin was to be forgiven, it had to be atoned for. The only means of atonement was a perfect sacrifice, which was Jesus Christ. God alone is perfect. So he sent his son God in the flesh to become the sacrificial atonement for our sins. It is impossible to share the gospel without the crucifixion. Had Jesus not died upon the cross bearing our sin and making our place, we would not have been, we would not have been free from sin. And therefore we would have been lost without hope. The next important um, essential point of the gospel is, is resurrection. And this we find in verse 32 to 33. Paul also affirms the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And this was not merely just a legend, but an undeniable fact. Jesus was seen on many after his resurrection. I said more than four or five hundred people. And this too is a fundamental element of the gospel. Had Jesus not risen, he would not have been, he would not, you would have been no different than all who had died before him. Had he not risen, death and the grave would have gained the victory. But we thank God that he has risen from the dead. Therefore, we have the victory. Hallelujah. Had he not risen from the dead, we would have had no hope, no future of resurrection and no eternal life. But we cannot share the gospel apart from this victorious resurrection of Christ. He rose from the dead. The resurrection sealed the deal. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, it sealed the deal. Glory be to God. The next thing that we look at Christ is Jesus Christ's perfection. Paul reveals that Jesus rose to die no more. And all who remain in the grave decay in death. The great King David remained in the tomb. Jesus came forth victorious and his body did not see corruption. 
The grave could not hold the King of glory back. The curse of sin had no hold over the Lord of lords. He came forth having the keys of death and hell. He ascended back to the Father where he seated on the right hand of glory. There's no need to look to another. Jesus lives today and he lives forevermore. He has risen. Let's celebrate. Somebody say celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Glory be to God. Our very last point we're going to look today is the the prominence of the gospel, the importance of the gospel. As Paul concluded this presentation in verse 38 and verse 39, the gospel we discover was very important and very prominent. It's a message that all needs to hear and receive. All needs to hear the message and receive the message. When we look at how Paul presented this, we understand that Paul spoke about our salvation in verse 38. Be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. This, this was not a message of little value. This message carried weight. It was not something to be lightly considered. The preaching of the gospel reveals Jesus in whom is forgiveness of sin and salvation. As long as there are lost people upon the earth, there will be a need for salvation. As long as there's lost people upon the earth, the gospel will need to be shared. I rejoice for the day the gospel was presented to me that years, many years ago at my school first. And then the one night on 20th of January, 1999, when I gave my heart to the Lord in a Jimmy Swaggered crusade and something amazing happened that night. I heard Jesus as clear as I could ever and I surrendered my life to Christ and it is more than 22 years now where Jesus Christ has been my Savior and my Lord. If Jimmy Swagger didn't come to an all to a blue and white tent in Johannesburg, South Africa, I might have never known Jesus Christ today, but he went as the Lord sent him. And today I am one of those that can testify that because somebody was obedient, I am the fruit of somebody's obedience in Jesus' mighty name. The next thing that Paul presented in this message was our justification. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things. Justification basically just one of the meanings of justification is in the highest legal court, we have been declared not guilty, which is the court of heaven. Hallelujah. And we have not and from which could not be justified by the law of Moses. When, one, when we receive the gospel by faith, we receive salvation in Christ. Salvation results in justification. And Christ, in Christ, we are justified from all things. We are declared righteous in Christ. The sin of our past is cleansed and we are forgiven. Our account is marked in heaven as paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. The righteousness of Christ is now credited to the count of all who has come to him for salvation. His righteousness, which we are not able to have, which we will never achieve. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, your righteousness is like filthy rags in my sight. Therefore, it's our duty, our commitment and our obligation to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Many in that day were looking to the law of Moses as a means of justification before God. 
They sought to keep a set of rules and laws in order to be found acceptable to God. Paul declares there is justification in no other but Jesus Christ. It wasn't found in keeping the laws. It is obtained it wasn't through moral living, living upright, living righteous, living sex-free, life-free, all of that. It was not found in that. Hallelujah. It isn't a question of whether the good outweighs the bad. It's only a question of salvation in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's only a question of salvation in Jesus Christ. That is the most important lesson that we need to take today. There's no other way to be forgiven. Our sins can only be cleansed through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for us, therefore Jesus Christ can cleanse us. I want us to know this message today. This is a very, very dear message to our hearts. We can only be cleansed through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can only be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And therefore we need to make this known because people are believing there's many ways to God. People are believing there's other ways to get into God's kingdom. But we know it's only through Jesus Christ. Salvation is only through Jesus Christ. There's no way you're going to get into the kingdom. There's no way you're going to get into heaven. But through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way for redemption. Church, we need to be saved. We need to be born again in Jesus' mighty and majestic name. Hallelujah. When we look at Paul, Paul was very clear on the message he presented. And he always shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we are to turn the world upside down for Jesus, we must be committed to sharing the gospel of Christ. We must be willing and able to, to, to communicate the gospel to a world that needs to hear Jesus. We, are, we need to familiarize ourselves with the gospel message so that we can share it. If we are to share this message, it's a very important message. We need to share Jesus Christ buried, risen, and that is coming again. We need to share with others what he has done for us. We need to share and testify how he has delivered us, how he has set us free. Therefore, today when I think back, he delivered me from addiction. He delivered me as a drug addict. He delivered me as a fornicator. He delivered me bound by sin. I was bound by addictions. I was bound by many, many sins. I could not break free. And today, the same God that has set me free can deliver you, can deliver your son, can deliver your daughter, can deliver your husband, can deliver your wife. It was only Jesus that could set me free. Hallelujah. New Year resolutions couldn't do it. Nothing could do it. Nothing could liberate me. Nothing could bring freedom. Only faith in Christ, only faith in the blood could set me free. I was a crazy sinner, but the love of God reached out to me. He delivered me. He set me free. Child, I want to encourage somebody that does not know Jesus, that is bound by sin, that is bound by Satan, that cannot come out of the spirit of bondage, that cannot experience liberation, that cannot experience freedom. God wants to set you free. God wants to break the chains of darkness. God wants to set you free from every chain, from every shackle. All that you need to do is surrender your life. All that you need to do is put faith in Jesus Christ, in the finished work of Calvary. Come on, the blood of Christ can 
set you free. The blood of Christ can liberate you. Receive your deliverance. Receive your healing. Receive freedom from sin. Sin will have no more dominion over you. Sin will no longer reign over you. There's nothing that can stand before the blood of Christ. The power of the blood has not lost its power. There's still power. There's still power. It's more than 2,000 years ago, but yet the blood has the same effect. He has set millions and millions of people free and it can liberate you today. Receive it right now. Receive your freedom. Receive your liberty. Receive Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. We need to share with others what he has done for us. If Jesus can save us, he can save anyone. Hallelujah. He can save anyone. The Bible declares, hallelujah, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. He's merciful. He's compassionate. He's loving. There's nothing that any person has ever done that Christ cannot forgive them from. Paul persecuted the church. Paul imprisoned people. Paul was there when they stoned Stephen, the first martyr. But yet God made Paul a wonder and a sign to his generation and to many generations. I declare you will be a sign and a wonder for your generation. You will be a sign and a wonder for generations to come. I believe your life is going to be more impactful in Christ than outside of Christ. You're going to have you're going to have eternal eternal rewards. Why are you living for things that are temporary? Why are you giving your life for things that has no meaning? It's time today to surrender your life. It's time today to give yourself to Jesus. It's time today to give yourself and to surrender because Jesus Christ can set you free. Hallelujah. My God. Maybe you have, maybe you have heard the gospel message many a times. Or maybe you have never heard it in this way or in this fashion. It's like my first day when Jimmy Swaggart preached that message. I never heard Christ in that way. And therefore, that day, I responded by faith. And maybe you need to respond today by faith. Because Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation and reconciliation to God. If the Holy Spirit this morning has spoken to you or today has spoken to you, that through the presentation of the gospel message, please respond by faith. Please respond by faith. Jesus paid for your redemption. Will you receive him today as your savior? If that is you, wherever you are, raise your hand. Wherever you are, God will touch you. Say this prayer with me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe today that you died for me and that you rose again. I believe that you are the son of God. And I believe today that you gave your life for me. I believe the precious blood of Jesus Christ will free me from every sin. Today I am free. I am liberated. I'm a child of God in Jesus' name. Now, if you have said that prayer, connect with me. I want to walk with you a journey. I want to disciple you. We have discipleship classes. We want God to raise you up. We want to build you up. We want to walk this journey with you. We're going to believe God for great and mighty things. Glory be to God. Thank you today. May God richly bless you in Jesus' name.